Jason's throwing papers out here. He is ready to go. Super duper. Yeah, Texans, eh, defense could be better. The defense could be a lot better. All right, Dallas Cowboys. Looked like Mike McCarthy <laughs> was not the answer. Just laughter. All right, so rookie quarterbacks in the NFL having some success. What does this mean? Maybe they're getting developed properly finally. Maybe we'll look into that a bit. Jeff Lou now interviewed Jason. You got some uh, some opinions oh, on that. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And then we're gonna do a non sports thing today. Uh some TV some TV stuff because we were talking about this before the show, so we're gonna add it in and get you guys' take on this. All of this right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. Boom. This is the Right On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Ride On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. All right, we are back for another episode of the Ride On Sports Podcast right before Jason's exotic trip to a place that we will not say. It's definitely exotic this time of the year. Yeah, definitely, definitely exotic. He's going to be in a... We we're not going to say where you're going to be. You're, you're on I a mystery. I take a plane ride. Yeah. And I think that's probably the most daunting part of this trip is just taking the plane ride. It's not about where you go. It's how you get there. And so, you know, but whenever it's a quick turnaround, you got to do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. Yeah, I'm going to wear a space helmet. Are you really? With an oxygen tank. I want, you got to get That'd your son cool. to wear a space helmet as That'd well. That'd be so rad. They're like, sir, you can't wear it. Yes, I can. <laughs> I'm afraid of the for COVID. medical reasons. I'm afraid of the COVID. <laughs> Everything's for medical reasons these days. So, speaking of medical reasons, um, is there a medical reason why the Texans can't stop is the there run? A reason? <laughs> Derek Henry is uh, an impressive specimen. He is a specimen. So we've talked about <laughs> it before, where it's like, man, you you just don't pay. You shouldn't pay running backs. Like give it, giving running backs a second contract, like something you shouldn't do because of the hits they take and the body's going to break down. They're not going to hold their value. Derrick Henry might be the exception because I think he's just so uniquely built at six foot yeah. four, two hundred and sixty pounds. Dude, you just—I—I I wonder if it's one of those things too, where if, if a defender was coming one on one with him, they're just like, nah, and they're just gonna roll off of it or something like I that. I mean, you, you know? saw what happened to Josh Norman a yeah. couple weeks ago. He got it gets another guy's heads. I mean, he went he got, head what, over heels. One hundred and eighty pound cornerback trying to tackle that guy they're like no thanks it's not bad gonna. enough when they're going against receivers that are 6'5 and you know 220 230 but now this guy i mean he broke off a it's 94 yards I think right? it was 94 yeah dear god that's wild man yeah. and right then you're just like i'm not watching this game <laughs> i mean they were like, out, they were in game. the game like it was a good game well and you saw romeo make really his only he's only had two games right but it was like the first mistake we've really seen him made as a head coach when he went for two so i don't think it was a mistake it cost him though so here's why i don't think it's a mistake because romeo knew romeo knew his defense was terrible <laughs> well yeah Ro Ro score. romeo knew his defense was terrible so yeah. you put the ball in the hands of your 140 million dollar quarterback that you just yeah. paid and hey, he gets a two-yard gain, and the guy was open. Jeffrey Simmons, a Titans defensive tackle, just did a great job getting his hands up and batting the pass down. But if he doesn't do that, then the Texans are up by nine, and the game's over. So yeah, I don't no think running it. Game. Yeah, you, I mean the Texans had no running game. They have, you know, I think it was the right decision to go for two. Obviously, it did not work out, but I think Romeo made the right call. Yeah, I sincerely believe I don't know. that. I don't know. I I, I was it's good to believe. What's that? I said it's good to believe. It's no, I because uh, when it happened, I was like, oh, I liked it. Like as it was happening, I, I try not to judge it based on the result. Like I think, what would I do in that situation? And I agreed with going for two right there instead of putting the game in the hands of your defense. You had to stop, which hadn't happened all game. Yeah, outside of outside of a turnover, put the hand put the put the game in the hands of your best player, which is Deshaun Watson. So I agree, I like it from that perspective. And I guess Romeo's aware that the defense is atrocious. Here's something interesting, too, is that Anthony Weaver is getting an unfair tryout as the defensive coordinator. Not a really tryout. I mean, he's the D.C., but, I mean, the uh, Rack helped build that defense along with Bob, and it's bad. I mean, it's just bad. It's horrendous. There's, I, I mean, it's not— I feel bad for that guy because he can't do anything. What, what His scheming's not going to matter, really. Uh yeah, offense is about the X's and the O's, and defense is about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. you got to have players to play good defense. You can do all the stuff with scheme that you want to do, but why are the Pittsburgh Steelers good defensively? Because they are 
fast at every position because they have guys that get after the quarterback. I feel like they've known what they're looking for for a long time yeah. in Pittsburgh, and that's never changed. And and you've had philosophy changes in Houston multiple times now. And man, it's 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 cool if you have a cool offense. It's an offense that puts up puts up points, like the Cowboys. But when you have no defense, what's the point? But I mean, it's um, you're not winning. You might win a shootout every now and then. Yeah, I mean, but, you do need man. to stop people eventually, and that's where where you're seeing it with Houston. Like when o, when O'Brien first got there, the defense did have some talent. I mean, obviously they just they had just drafted Clowney. That was O'Brien's first draft pick, and you had Whitney Merciless, you had J.J. Watt, you had you know Kareem Jackson, who was a solid safety. You know, when you play him at safety, he was actually a really good safety. You had Jonathan Joseph, who was still who wasn't slow at this point. He's in his now career. a Titan. Who's now a tight? I mean, John. And, and, and Watson was picking on him. I mean, Jonathan Joseph is not a good corner anymore. But when yeah. O'Brien got there, Jonathan Joseph was still a good corner, and they had, you know, they had Brian Cushing at linebacker. They still had, they still had Oof. players. And remember the Texans teams with Kubiak? Like they had Connor Barwin, Antonio Smith, and Domenico Ryan. I like, think Rick Smith drafted defense pretty well. Yeah, because it a was lot a lot of, of it was a lot of first round picks on yeah. defense, and <laughs> a lot of those guys. And you look at a guy like Glover Quinn. Like they had a lot of yeah. talent on defense, and those Texans. Defenses were good, not be, and Wade Phillips is a DC and Wade Phillips is a good defensive coordinator, but it's not because of Wade Phillips' scheme. It's because they had really good players. On, sure. If you want to be good on defense, you have to have good players. Yeah. Offense, you can. If I'm if Kyle Shanahan had average talent, he can scheme them to be a good offense. But on defense, it doesn't matter what the scheme is. If you have corners who can't cover and guys on the edge Entirely who can't get after agree. the passer, you can't really do anything. Yeah, and and, and it's showing. And so you posed a question about. Um, would we like to see the team torn down? And that's so hard because it's just like thinking, not to jump any ships, but like with the Astros, you know, and, and thinking we might start looking at a team that starts declining. And for football, I mean, it takes – I don't know. I don't want to say it takes a while to rebuild a football I, team because you're sometimes you're a couple of picks I away. Don't, it really doesn't. Like you can turn over half your roster just in one offseason. The terrible a few years ago. I mean, yeah, I mean, Garoppolo got healthy, and they drafted Nick Bosa, and yeah, you know, up and down actually. I mean, they, uh, I mean, this year it's a lot of injuries with them, but like in in the NFL, you can turn over your roster very, very quickly. Well, so, this team was uh, Houston was four and twelve just a what three years ago? Yeah, the like year that? Deshaun the yeah. 2016 season, Deshaun's rookie year. So I mean, it can change quickly, and yeah, a couple of stops. Uh, somebody trips up Derrick Henry. And he doesn't rip off a 94-yard run. Houston wins that game. Uh, I still don't know about yeah going for two, but you know things happen as they happen. I mean, Rabel is turning out to be a very bright coach. You kick. I mean, going back on a going for two, you kick the extra point. Titans go down and score. He's got to stop him on a two-point conversion. I just don't. I if I was the coach, I am not putting a game in the hands of my defense to get a stop. <laughs> the one that you used to coach. Yeah, I mean, but, <laughs> but that's maybe a good point, though, is he knows how bad they are. He's yeah. like, oh, these guys. And if you watch the man. game, they had an interception off Tannehill, and I mean, they really didn't stop the Titans. They Only really. his second this year, by the way. Yeah, I mean, and even that one, like, it wasn't, like, Roby made a good play on the ball, but if Tannehill throws a good pass there, if he leads the receiver, that's a touchdown. So we were joking, of, well, I don't want to say joking, but not taking Tannehill very seriously and that his contract that the Titans extended him, I believe. Or yeah, they gave him one. more money than I would have given him. But, but he's, he's looking he's good. He's looking good. And I they mean, he's, pointed out that he only has, I think it was like eight touchdowns and something like 30-some-odd touchdowns. Um, what did I say? Interceptions. Th- yeah. eight, eight interceptions and like 30-some-odd touchdowns I mean, since he became a You know, the Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, he is going to get head coaching interviews and potentially a head coaching job. This uh, this bring coaching him home, cycle. baby. Bring him home. I don't know where he's from, but I don't, yeah, bring him to Houston. Oh I'm man, we need somebody. What about Jeff Lunau as general manager? He he's says he can base, go anywhere, but he says he base, can go anywhere and do what he's no, doing. You know, no. we'll get to that. Believe me, we're gonna get to that. No. So the Texans still though have to find a GM, and I doubt Cal McNair wants to tear anything down. I just uh, when I, I, I say feel tear, like the McNairs when I, have always when wanted I, to have asses in the seats. When I when I say tear it down. You keep JJ, keep Tunsil, keep Deshaun. <laughs> well, JJ's maybe, actually maybe JJ's tradable. Maybe no, but like so, like JJ, you could actually cut with no dead money, save nineteen million. But they're not going to do that. No, but I'm they'd burn down. No, but I'm saying right you keep Kirby. those three: JJ, Deshaun, and Tunsil. Those three are untouchable. 
everybody else on the roster is up for trade. Well, they really are. Say like I do that and try to remake the this roster. Got? And the reason why I say this is because this team is not talented. Fuller but, and Cooks have looked good the last couple. But of Fuller weeks. is a free agent. Do you want to pay Will Fuller no. seventy million dollars? Yeah, you let that guy walk. Yeah, out. he's not. He's a constant injury concern. Like, yeah. you let you let him walk. Brandon Cooks. Now he's still under contract. You can cut him and save twelve million dollars. That's a decision you're going to have to make. He's a, he's a pricey receiver. He, yeah. he he is pricey, but I mean, we'll see. It also depends with because of COVID. Is the NFL cap going to go down? How much is going to go down? Are you going to need to cut Brandon? Just out of necessity, do you need? Are you going to have yeah. to cut Brandon Cooks? These are questions we don't know yet. Uh, these are answers that we don't know yet. Um, but I'm kind of a fan of just tearing it down, ha- you know, because the only guys on, like because JJ's probably you're paying JJ too much now for what he is, but you're not going to cut JJ Watt if you're the Houston Texans. But Tunsil and Watson are really the only guys on that team that a GM is going to come in and say like, yeah, I want those two guys under contract. Yeah. And and luckily they are. Uh, you can argue if they're maybe not Watson as much, but with Tunsil you can argue maybe he's overpaid, but he is a really good left tackle. So that's the guy you want under contract. Now you just got to build the team around a franchise quarterback and a really good offensive lineman. And you, you got to try to build that defense and that offensive line. I think you can really you a really good quarterback can make average receivers look good. You need to get an offensive line in front of Deshaun and you need to get a defense to get, you know, just have some resistance against an offense cuz the Texans defense made the Titans look all I mean they were very comfortable all game. They looked good. And uh, but and and JJ's still a force. I mean, honestly, like JJ Luan actually had a out, good game. Yeah, like he made that guy that replaced Lewan. Yeah, they moved him over there, and that dude was shaking. JJ <laughs> JJ started, and he was just like JJ did have a good game, but it's, come on, he, man, you just don't see that many good games from JJ anymore. You just don't. Um, yeah, again, I I'd, I'd hate to see him tear it down, but. Some things will be necessary. Also, what what's up with the Texans' third down defense? I mean, third and 12, third and 15, third and 9, third and 8. Like, it feels like every third and long, the Titans are converting. Like, what is up with – like, why can't Houston def- – and this goes back a long time. Houston has always been bad on third down. I think it's just easy to take advantage of them. Um, I don't know. Like, I, like they, and it's like it's always like third and longs. Like, they get into third and longs. Which it's is like, good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, it's good you, you just let get them into get third back. and long. Like You want them to be in third and 12, and you're letting them get 15 yards. I think there's definitive holes in that defense, and they're just taking advantage of. Um, they've done little to address those holes. And then what we lost, was it McKinney? Yeah, but, I mean, McKinney wasn't a good coverage linebacker anyway. Like, he like he, he was. He, he, he had over 100 tackles last year, right? And that's what he got paid for? Yeah, I mean, he he got paid a while back. I mean, yeah, oh. he get, he gets lots. Who, was it? Who got extended last year? Cunningham. Cunningham. Okay, is he out there? Yeah. See, I don't notice these guys honestly. Yeah, no. I, I can watch the game and I'm just like, Zach, they're so Zach they Cunning- lack impact. And Zach Cunningham's getting paid fourteen and a half million dollars. Clowney had no impact except for I think one play when there was like a group sack on Watson, and he just kind of got in there and helped it or whatever. But I never saw. Yeah, Clowney was Clowney wasn't really very impactful. His hair's very long right now too, man. Is I would it, grab uh, that shit. Uh, oh, would you? Oh, yeah. No, so that's, I mean, I watched this Houston <laughs> defense, and it's like, gosh, you're paying all these guys all this money. And they suck. Yeah, like, they, no one makes an impact, which is why I'm just saying tear it down. Like, you got to be able, hell. Yeah. And, so, and, and so, you're, you have a talentless roster, and you have no <laughs> cap space. Freaking crazy, dude. That's what happens when you give a uh, somebody the keys to your Lamborghini that's never driven one before. Yeah, I think, you know? um... So like, I think it's a I think it's a good coaching job to walk into Houston because you have Deshaun. So especially for an offensive coach, I think you can get really creative as far as what you can do. Um, but if you're a general manager, I, I don't know how much I want this job. Ironically, I benched Watson because Aaron Rodgers was playing Tampa, and I thought, well, he's been rolling, dude. You didn't listen to my podcast. No, I didn't. And I, so Watson was beautiful, and Rodgers was terrible. And I was and, like, come and on, you man. lost, didn't you? Oh, bad. Yeah, I, bruised. Uh, I'm gonna plug myself here. Five and zero on the money line podcast this week. Five and zero on my picks. We're so get- make sure you guys listen to that because yeah. obviously uh, you would have been too. Yeah, collect your money. Um, oh, collect so your money. Um, yeah. So Aaron Rodgers was terrible. Aaron Rodgers was terrible. So then is Tampa's defense that good? Tampa's is it just de- one of those because sometimes Rodgers just has games like that. It's a. Co- it was a combination of the two. Uh, Tampa's defense is really, really good. Rodgers had one of the. He just had one of those games. Um, he needed to call Allstate. 
State Farm. State Farm. He's yeah. a, he's a State Farm guy. His him and, him, are so him, stupid, man. Him and Mahomes are State Farm. <laughs> just, they're so stupid. Um, speaking of stupid, the Cowboys <laughs> and Mike McCarthy. Um, <laughs> you pose that question: Does McCarthy survive the season? I think we talked about it last week a little bit too, and you're really starting to wonder because they just look stupid. Man. And Andy Dalton. Okay, I like Andy Dalton mostly because of where he comes from, but he looks. Bad. He looked terrible. Like I just watched like the, five minutes of that game, and I just laughed, and I was like, yeah, I watched the entire He's thing missing because I had entirely. a bet. I had so <laughs> I had multiple bets on the Cardinals because how I, happy is Ezekiel Elliott right now? He's like, I'm glad I got paid. I mean, he had fumbled twice yesterday. He's yeah, looking, he's he's fumbled he's, a lot. He's actually, I think, leads the league in fumbles. He looks bad, and he never fumbled in college. First two years in the league, like he really maybe never, he's checked out because he knows like we lost Dak. And I think there's, so, I think part of trouble. part of it was Zeke. Some of it's mental. Where head coach. So it, so this is this is why I think it is with Zeke. This is my diagnosis. I think McCarthy has is not giving Zeke the touches that he is used to, that he became accustomed to the first four or five years of his NFL career. He never cared about the running game. In yeah, he, it, McCarthy doesn't care about the running game. So Zeke knows, oh, I'm not getting a guaranteed 25 touches now. I'm, I have to make the most of what I can do with 15. You know, So he's trying to do so much with each touch that he's not having that ball security. You know, because he's trying to, he's trying too hard to make plays. So you feel like he's still putting forth effort. Yeah, I think the just yeah, I think melting it in. Yeah, I think the effort is there. I think he's trying to do so much every time he gets the ball that he's just losing the ball because he's just trying to do way too much. It's like a hitter in baseball who try, you know, if he goes up there trying to hit a home run every time, he's gonna start striking out a lot. I think that's what Zeke's trying to do. He's trying to hit the home run every time he touches the ball and then he fumbles. I think that's what we're seeing with Ezekiel Elliott. But man, does Mike? I don't. Jerry Jones has shown loyalty to coach. He showed a lot of loyalty to Jason Garrett. Yeah. For the Cowboys' sake, he better not show that loyalty to Mike McCarthy. This team is a train wreck. I mean, take the Dak injury out of it. He hires Mike Nolan as a defense coordinator. The defense looks lost. I mean, all the Cowboys fans complained about how bad their defense was with Chris Richard and Scott Marinelli being defense coordinator. At least when those two were defense coordinator, they didn't look lost. I mean, they didn't look – I mean – you're getting – I mean, the Giants put up 34 points last week. The Cardinals ran up and down the field on them. The Cleveland Browns, who just got the brake speed <laughs> off them by the Pittsburgh Steelers, made they now, made the Browns look like, you know, the uh, like the Alabama in college football, like just going up and down the field at will. I mean, the Cowboys – McCarthy's coaching staff is a joke. McCarthy's team is a joke right now. If I'm a Cowboys fan, I, I don't want Mike McCarthy surviving Thanksgiving. But guess what? They're still in first place in the NFC they are. East. So I, I, I tweeted. <laughs> Terrible, dude. I tweeted this last night. My prediction for the NFC East: the Eagles will win the NFC East with a record of six nine and one. I but, can see it. But okay, so back on every Cowboys fans four years, they they swore Jason Garrett was the problem, and that Jason Garrett was the problem, and this roster is super talented, and they're a Super Bowl team, and McCarthy is going to be the guy to take them there. Where where is that? I mean, even. Even with Dak, even when Dak was healthy, this team was atrocious. This, this, I mean, sure their offensive numbers were really good, but a lot of those numbers were just because uh, they were down four scores in the game. So teams were playing yeah. prevent defense against them. This yeah. team is a joke. This coaching staff is a joke. Cowboys fans need to hope McCarthy doesn't survive the season. Well, right now in the NFC, they are number two in points behind the Bucks, and a lot of that is them playing catch up. They've also allowed the most points by. Far 218 points through six games. I think that's like the most wow. in NFL history. That's like almost 40 a game, dude. Their defense is right under 40 a game. Is their defense worse than the New York Jets defense? Right? That's math, right? Yeah, it's almost, yeah, it's, it's almost, al- it's yeah, almost, it's over 30, it's like 35, 36 yeah, a game. It's pretty bad, dude. That's really bad. So the, the flip, though, like talking about Jason Garrett, is the Giants have scored the least amount of points in the league at 101. But they lost their number one running back, a very dynamic no, running back. No, my, my argument you is got not a second year quarterback. My argument is not that Jason Garrett is a really good coach here. I my argument is more that Mike McCarthy was not the answer to the Cowboys' problems. No, Mike McCarthy was not. They're like, oh, McCarthy's going to be this innovative, imaginative. We're going to be really good or dynamic. I'm sorry, did you watch him in Green Bay? He wasn't dynamic with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And I mean, had, literally, if you had Aaron Rodgers intentionally like doing things to change plays you know i mean just whatever he could to bamboozle stuff 
Uh, that tells you a lot. And I, I think it also tells Cowboys fans should really recognize the fact Jerry Jones, for years now, has been past his prime he, as far as being a he GM. He butchered this guy. hire. He yeah. butchered this hire. I think he just saw Green Bay, uh, what, McCarthy took him to the Super Bowl? He No, he won a Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers was – early, right, when yeah, he got there? Yeah, t- 2010. It was like his first or second year or something like that. It was probably. like his fourth or fifth year. He he got hired in 06. He was there wow. a long time. That is a long time. Who was the guy before him? I don't even Green remember. Bay. I know, but it was but it was someone who I thought was pretty good because I thought he was the one – didn't he win a Super Bowl too? Well, so Holmgren, Favre. Holmgren was the coach Favre in Green Bay. Yeah, for a long time. But Holmgren went to Seattle before yeah. McCarthy. Like there was some. Over, yeah. there was someone else. I'd there. like to look that up, but not right now. But <laughs> no, but McCarthy, like, it's not important. He enough. was not imaginative on offense with Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams and oh, Randall man. Cobb and receiving core, dude. And like the the Packers' offensive line is really good, and you had maybe you had the best defense. quarterback in the league. And you weren't imaginative on offense then. Now you're going to come to Dallas with a lesser quarterback and an injured offensive line. And while Dallas does have good skill position players, I mean, I don't think they were better than what Nelson Cobb and Devontae Adams were when those guys were rolling. Um, And you think now McCarthy's going to be this innovative offensive guy? It was never going to happen. I don't understand. I didn't understand the hire when they hired Mike McCarthy. I don't understand the hire now. Um, God, it's just... I don't, and also this roster just isn't that talented. Like, let, like we were saying with the Texans earlier, like on defense, if you have good players, you're going to be a good defense. This Cowboy defense must have no good players the way they're playing. Now, Mike <laughs> Nolan's also to blame here. But this Cowboys defense, I mean, all I heard for the last two years is, oh, Leighton Vander Esch is great. <laughs> Jalen Smith is, we have totally, the best totally linebackers in the players. league. Uh, we have the best linebackers. And Demarcus Lawrence, man, isn't he a waste of $100 million? Good Lord. Does he make does he make any impact on the defensive line whatsoever? I mean, Alden Smith, who hasn't played football in five years, is their best defensive player. <laughs> I mean, that's their best yeah. player on defense. He hasn't been on the field since 2015. Yeah, I've seen him make some impactful plays. And I've watched the Cowboys for probably 30 minutes this season. But I've seen when he's on the field, he makes a difference. Look, he's the, and crazy. he's the only guy. And he's and he's mentally unhealthy. So <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, apparently he's got his life back together, and I'm happy yeah. for Alden Smith. But your best defensive player can't be a guy who hasn't played football in five years. That can't be your best defensive player. Not when you're paying Demarcus Lawrence a hundred million dollars. Not when you gave Jalen Smith this big contract extension. Not when you're expecting Leighton Vander Esch to be the next Sean Lee. Um, and apparently he is in every sense of the word because he can't stay on the field either. The secondary, do they have a single corner that can cover anybody? They got to Trayvon Diggs in the second round. He's nowhere to be found. Anthony, I mean, who in that secondary is anything close to average? This Cowboys defense is atrocious. And also, I was hearing this whole offseason, not just from Cowboys fans, but from Talking Hedge. Oh, this roster is really, really talented. Where is the talent? Jason, where is the talent on this roster? I'm having a hard time finding it. They've also been outrushed by over 400 yards. And you have Ezekiel Elliott who you're paying $90 million to. Good signing. That's why you don't overpay. Oh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, I think that you just stay quiet and you stop talking-ish because there's nothing to talk about. But it's every talking head every year. It's, oh, the Cowboys have so much talent. They have so much talent. Where's the talent? Well, they're, they're, they're kind of the Yankees of football, the New York Yankees of football. So, like... They're always going to reload, quote-unquote, but the Yankees have been consistently better, like, their entire premise than the Cowboys have been. Oh, like, yeah. The Yankees I mean, have actually won the Yankees are World lifetime. Series contenders every year. pretty much every year. Now, yeah. you're never going to win the championship every year. The but Cowboys have won a Super Bowl since before you were born, and I graduated high school, so there's no, a lot to be said for that. No, and it— Of course, the Houston Texans have never won one, but as pointed out last night, they haven't been around very long, so— I like that uh, somebody stuck up for it. No, I, so the te- since the Texans became a franchise, the Texans and the Cowboys have the same amount of playoff wins. It's not like the Texans are just, you know, this really well-run organization. So that says a lot about the Dallas Cowboys. They're supposed to be the dynasty, the well, team. thank goodness they the got end. that new stadium, though. Yeah, I mean, but I just look at this Cowboys team. There isn't talent there. Like, everyone said, oh, this is a great head coaching job before last offseason when it was, you know, Mike McCarthy coming in. Like, oh, this is going to be a really good job for whoever gets it. If McCarthy gets fired after this season, which he should, is this a good job? I would hope they fire him before the end of the year just to, like— I, I would hope they, that, have, that, that they need flag. to fire him before Thanksgiving. This is not—they they look—they're a joke. 
Well, yeah, then you could have what is Kellen Moore still the coordinator? He's the maybe? offensive. Like Jerry Jones Although forced McCarthy to. No, Kellen Moore's calling the plays. Okay. I don't know what McCarthy. What is Mike McCarthy doing? That's He's not calling the plays. So then he really has no impact. As far as the offense goes, I mean, maybe he has some influence, but he's not. He's shown he's not a good manager, and that's what a head coach is of a football team. They're supposed to manage all these things, and he's just—he's not that guy. So, I want rookie quarterbacks having success. I want to pull you down off that tree. Oh my god! Okay, before we get into that, did last night? Okay, this is something I want to ask you because Andy Dalton looked so damn bad. And I'm like kind of happy because he I had a lot of concussions, didn't he? I feel like he had no. he he had some stuff that took him out for like a, a rest of a season or something. It was like, like that. a broken hand one time, broken head. Um, no, he never. He I don't I don't remember him being a concussion guy. But so I was happy with the result last night because I had lots of different bets on the Cardinals. Um, but. Did last night validate Dak's value with how bad Andy Dalton was? Because I mean, the Cowboys were not really good with Dak Prescott. No, but yeah, offen- so. but offensively, they were they like they were still able to like you know complete passes. You know, they were able to do stuff offensively. Well, Dak's definitely a better quarterback than Dalton. Well, no question. Sure. Yeah, but I also think that you you have good receivers. Um, their line is nowhere nearly as good as it used to be, but um. He has good receivers to throw to, but it's kind of like the similar thing with Watson and Houston is that you got to have time to get the ball to places. And uh, But what I saw with Dalton last night for the brief amount of time I did watch was he was just missing guys. I mean, period, just missing. And I mean, he was throwing behind receivers. He was throwing over their head. He was underthrowing them. The ball went everywhere except to the wide receiver. So the guy that replaced him in Cincinnati, uh, he's looked pretty good. Joe Burrow has looked good. He's Joey solid. B. And I was not I was not super high on Burrow, but he's at the start the start of his NFL career. He has looked uh he has looked pretty good. Um I'll, and Justin Herbert with the Chargers, he was the guy you really liked. I yeah, because I just feel like he's in a better situation. Um, but I but I still liked him. I like him better than Burrow, honestly. I mean he, I mean his like he's six five, six six, he's great athlete, you know. I with Herbert, I feel like it's the old prototype of quarterbacks where, oh, he's got to be six foot five and have a strong yeah. arm and stand tall in the pocket. He's that prototype combined with, oh, you got to be able to move, make throws on the run, be a playmaker. He's those two prototypes combined. Herbert really is a special talent. I think the only reason why Herbert was not drafted number one overall, quite frankly, was because he was a four-year starter in college. So we had time to nitpick him. Like, everyone had time to nitpick him. Like, oh, he wasn't. He didn't do this or he didn't do that. Like, it was like just nitpicking little little things about him. When you watch him in college, Oregon had no offensive skill position players that were NFL guys, and he was putting up numbers and he was making plays. He was doing a lot of things over there. Justin Herbert's a really really good player. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a star in the NFL. Now, hopefully, the Chargers don't. You know, they just have a history like choking his organization. Hopefully, he can <laughs> help lead the change in that regard. But I think Justin Herbert's a star. I think. Joe Burrows looked really, really good. He has a bright future ahead of him. And Tua, earlier today, it was announced he's going to be the Dolphins' starting quarterback after their week seven, after their bye, uh, after their bye going into week eight. So Tua was my favorite quarterback in this last draft. I think he's the most accurate college passer I had ever seen. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play in the NFL. But I, so I, I want, uh, but rookie quarterbacks, young quarterbacks are having success. So I want to pose this question to you now that. Solid quarterback play is becoming easier and easier to find. Like, I look around the league, unless teams have a guy hurt, I mean, maybe even Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville is, like, a capable quarterback. I mean, and even, like, the Bears, like, they drafted Trubisky, but now they have Foles, and Foles is a capable quarterback. Heck, he won a Super Bowl. There aren't that many teams who are just lacking a quarterback, and with quarterbacks being easier and easier to find, doesn't make any sense to pay anyone who's not – Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Like, does it make sense to pay anyone who's not, like, the elite of the elite since it's becoming easier and easier to find these, you know, these solid, capable quarterbacks? I agree. That's why I had such a hard time with the Watson deal. Like, okay, we know Watson's really good, right? But the guys that have gotten paid like that, they're all, they've all proven themselves. They've won. They either made it to the AFC title game or the NFC or they actually won a Super Bowl. You know, like, and I feel like... There's been times that that Deshaun's leadership is to me has been kind of questionable by some of the decisions he makes on the field. Sometimes it works out. I don't remember if it was this game or the last game or Deshaun. I think it was this game. 
where he, he ran around, escaped a, a sack, and he ended up making a play downfield. That doesn't always happen. It doesn't mean. Well, you know, but that's what makes make Deshaun great is that but, he is a but playmaker. Russell Wilson's proven. Mahomes is proven. Uh, Brady was always proving. I mean, um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers and stuff. But the other guys, even Big Ben, you know, proven guy. Uh, but these other guys that got paid, Kirk Cousins. Why did he get paid? That was the most dumbass thing that Minnesota I mean, look at, ever look did. At, look at the. We talk about the Texans. Just because he was putting up numbers. Look, look at what we talk about the Texans being in cap hell. Look at Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Matt Ryan's cap hit next year is fifty million dollars. I've watched a lot of Falcons football this year. Matt Ryan is shot. He's washed. Like he can't. He is no longer a good quarterback. He's due fifty million dollars next season. <laughs> fifty. Crazy. Dude. Five zero. Well, and it goes back to uh, I, I don't know how many, many brains you need to be a general manager in the NFL. I I, I really don't. I mean, because to me, a lot of this stuff is. Well, when they test. gave Matt Ryan this contract, it was well, he was kicking ass. Yeah, but he really was. But but Matt Ryan but he was hadn't ne- proven anything. He yet, was right? he was never an elite guy. And I say when it comes to players, it's kind of for all positions. Now I've said it's except for quarterback. I think for, I've said for quarterback, if you have your guy, just pay him. But for every other position, it's been if he's elite. You know, if he, you know, I'm trying to think like Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots, a cornerback. He's elite. Pay him. Uh, the Cowboys have tackled Tyron Smith when he was at his peak. He was elite. Pay him. Um, you know, the elite guys, pass rushers, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, they're elite. Pay them. J.J. Watt in his prime. Pay him. But if you're not elite, I don't really want to pay you. I don't want to pay Will Fuller $16 million a year. I don't want to pay Zach Cunningham $14.5 million a year. You know, because in free agency, everyone gets overpaid. And now well, yeah, I think and, and, quarterback yeah. is moving into that same discussion where if you're not – I mean, the the elite, the unquestioned elite guys right now are Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. Everyone else I can throw questions at. I can yeah. – I can I you know, because even like with Brady, like I love Brady, but Brady's 43. Like I'm not comfortable paying him $40 million. He's thrown 14 touchdowns to four picks. So no, I, no, I think Brady's playing well, but I'm talking about he for long – He also has two badass receivers. For long, for like long term. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to – Yeah, gonna, at this point you're not paying that guy long term. Yeah, I'm not going to pay. be around tomorrow. Right. Um, he might take a sabbatical and just, just move to Africa for all we know. <laughs> no, but Eat it's – some plants. But for, uh, but for quarterbacks – if you're like Jimmy Garoppolo this year, he the 49ers can cut him at the end of the season with no dead money or very little dead money. Well, and then they could bring I, in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. To well, lead, no, but I'm, I'm thinking guy. if I'm San Francisco, my roster is really, really good. Jimmy G is not an elite quarterback. Do I cut him, trade up, and try to get one of these three quarterbacks coming Shocking. in the draft? Belichick sold another player for more than his value. Well, no. I mean, the 49ers only traded a second-round pick for him, and Jimmy Garoppolo got them to the Super Bowl. I mean, it was a Their good— Their defense tr- was a, a no, impressive that year, Garoppolo too. also—Garoppolo did have to carry them through the second half of the season when the defense was hurt. Like, Garoppolo mm-hmm. legitimately did play really, really well last season. Yeah. And I thought he played okay on Sunday night. But he's not an elite quarterback. Would I rather just cut Jimmy G or try to trade him? I don't know if anyone would really trade for him. God. And then and then try to get try to trade up in the draft and get one of these quarterbacks think coming about, into the draft. Yeah, but think about too like Matthew Stafford's contract, Drew Brees, who I think Drew Brees might have gone into like a one year deal last yeah. year. He's I mean he's 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 kind of at the end obviously, but like guys like that, uh, uh, Carson Wentz. I don't know what his deal is out in Philadelphia. It's a it's a lot. But it's a lot. He's not looking pretty, and he is not. I, I mean, this week he played better than the stats suggest. His receivers most dropped starting quarterbacks touchdowns. in the NFL like they they have pretty handsome contracts. Um, Derek Carr, who's kind of De- having a bit of a renaissance for himself right now. We'll see. I mean, he started off well last year and really tanked the second half. Yeah, but I mean, like Derek Carr. Do you want to pay Derek Carr thirty five million dollars a year? Hell no. <laughs> even if even if he has a great year this year, which you know maybe he does if it's a contract year, because that always happens. But there's no consistency there. But yeah, so like it is, you're seeing it, it's easier and easier to find young quarterbacks coming in play at a high level. Like Dak Prescott still leads the league in passing. <laughs> yeah, because he threw the ball every play when they were down 28 points. So it might surprise you because it does me. It may not surprise you. But Deshaun, I mean, he is having a really good year. He has 13 touchdowns, five picks. He's thrown for 1,700 yards, almost 1,800 yards. But it's not translating to wins. 
because the defense sucks so bad. But so, I mean, look like the Chiefs last year. Mahomes still on his rookie contract. They're able to go and give Honey Badger a lot of money. They have Chris Jones. They're able to go and trade for Frank Clark. They're able to they're able to pay Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, and they're able to pay Sammy Watkins. It makes you wonder how million. long that can last. And Sammy Watkins wasn't even on the field this last week. I no, I mean like like Sammy Watkins is just like they overpaid Sammy Watkins. But when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, yeah. If you're able to draft, and now Mahomes obviously is more than a capable quarterback. He's the elite of the elite. Now though, how long is it going to last? No, and that season maybe. And that and that's what I'm saying. But with a guy like Mahomes, it's worth it to pay him because of I how, hate the salary cap because of NFL. how how amazing. No, it used to not be that way. Out of all leagues though, does the NFL really need a salary cap? I mean, they they bring in a lot of that, money. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, they probably bring in more money than baseball does. But baseball doesn't have a salary cap, and it's all guaranteed money, man. I mean, you got you probably have. I would. I don't. It's worth looking up. Maybe not on this show, but I would really wager that uh, the average salary in Major League Baseball is higher than the average salary in the NFL. Well, in Major League Baseball, it depends on if you add like minor league contracts, well, into service that. time, and all this kind of crap they add into it. But I mean, you have a lot of pitchers making twenty million plus. But also, like, look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Their entire team is like their entire million. team is like on a poverty salary yeah. compared to everyone else. But there they are. Ready to take down. So the I don't. Dodgers. I don't know about the. Oh. I don't know about the average salary yes. thing. But I. I think with the NFL, if I'm confident that I can consistently find capable young quarterbacks, unless I end up with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, someone at that level, and I thought Carson Wentz was going to be at that level, so I would have paid him. Now the way he's played this year, that's not quite working out. But when he came out of college, he, everyone was high on Carson Wentz. I mean, though it was like, man, what a steal the Eagles got. It was, and I mean, part of it's been injuries, and some of it's been injuries, and like if you like no they, receivers, no receivers, no, and the offensive lines hurt. Like it's yeah. hard, it's hard to tell. But do if I can, if I'm confident, I can consistently find good young quarterbacks in the draft. Which I mean, college football, they're giving you good young quarterbacks every year. I mean, there were three this year: Tua, Burrow, and Justin Herbert. Um, a couple of years ago, 2018. You had Rosen was the one guy that really didn't pan out, but you had Baker, who's a capable QB, Damn, Darnold, right. Darnold, who's capable, Josh Allen, who's emerging as a star because he's in a good situation, Lamar, who just won the MVP. If you're consistently getting three, four, five college quarterbacks a year who can come in and play, unless I have an elite of the elite quarterback, do I need to pay a guy $35 million a year? And if that's the case, if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm gonna, if what if we go four and twelve this year? What if we just tank now that Andy Dalton's the quarterback? If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, do I just tell Dak to go hit free agency and tra- draft a quarterback? What if Josh Rosen now learns from Tom Brady and he, he's on the Brady Bucks retires, practice squad? Yeah, and who? Brady's I mean, who knows? And Josh Rosen's gonna be the new heir. Who knows? I mean, it's. We don't really know what's going to happen. I like Rosen. I, 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 I wish li- him all the luck in the world. I liked him out of college So a lot. we need to take a break yeah, because we, we need to move on to this uh, Jeff Luno. This, this, so this, was a, this was a big picture discussion that I just that I thought was interesting. But, yeah, we'll move it. Jeff Luno, you have opinions on this. You were quiet through this. You're not going to be quiet in this next segment. <laughs> we're going to hit this break, let you hear from our boys over at Right On, and we will be right back. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. RightOnCorpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at RightOnCorpus.com. All right, we are back, and Jason is ready to go. About this Jeff Luna interview. Oh, yeah. What were we going to talk about? Okay. So, uh, Jeff Lunau, former Houston Astros general manager. Former. He got fired after. He uh, never really cared for it. Uh, here's the thing to me, man, is that he was brought in to rebuild a roster that was getting old and overpaid, right? So, they traded away pieces. They kind of... They got accused of tanking, which in a sense they did, and in a sense they didn't. I mean, they just they had to rebuild. So they got a lot of first round draft picks. They got a lot of early picks. And they already they they had good talent scouting, I think. I mean, the Astros always had some some random hits here and there. But I feel like Lou now 
He did a good job, but I think he did a good job that any decent GM could have done with all the damn first-round picks they had. So I feel like he's a little bit overrated. I'll just say that up front. The second part of that is he did a good job with retaining I mean, guys. The, the Carlos Correa draft trades. pick was a the Carlos Correa draft pick was a controversial one when it was made. And but he also drafted uh, he drafted uh, Mark Appel. Meyer, like what was his name, Giovanni Meyer or something like that. Mark Appel, Brady Aiken. Um, they they had a couple of picks that were like. I mean, the Brady Aiken pick, that one turned into Alex Bregman. He was high on Derek Fisher. He was high on A.J. Reed. He was high on – I mean, he made some trades that I always felt were kind of questionable. At the time, you were like, well, maybe they work out, maybe they don't. But I think a good GM, you don't miss that often. I feel like he missed on trades more than he made good ones. The best trade he made was obviously for Justin Verlander. Right. Uh, I can't think of another great trade, even the Zach Greinke one. I don't think that was a great trade. That was fine. But you could have – you could have traded for Robbie Ray or something like that, especially like he still gave up good prospects. For yeah, Grinky. I mean, and we gave up some pitching prospects. How nice would they've been to had this year? And now you're stuck with it. And the worst trade he ever made, obviously, was Mike Fires, Carlos Gomez. You know, just for the cancer that he brought into the clubhouse, that ended up being Mike Fires. Now that's he gave up Josh Hader in that and trade. He gave up Josh Hader and Brett Phillips, who really doesn't matter, but he is on the Tampa Bay Rays apparently. So Jeff Lunau obviously he gets fired for. Spygate, or I don't know, what do they call it? I don't know what they're calling it. It's just a cheating scandal, right? It's a sign-stealing scandal. And he says in the interview that he's adamant that he did not know what they were doing. Okay, which I think, I believe that's a crock of shit. I believe it is, too, because (laughs) even in the report, there's stuff that talks about, you know, him receiving the emails, and he addresses that in the interview. He points out that he was sent two emails from guys in the video room, and then he points out, Another person, but he doesn't say who, but they sent him 1,500 worded emails. If someone sends you an email that's over like 50 words, they're telling you something important. Nobody sends emails that are long and well-written anymore. So if they're sending out, sending you, the general manager, something that important, and you tell me you didn't read it, first of all, I have a problem with you for not reading it because it was important, apparently. Secondly, I think you're lying. I just don't think that that's true. I'm just like, why would you... You're the general manager of, of essentially probably a billion-dollar operation, a team that's, that's at the peak of its existence. And somebody that you know, and because he also points out in the interview that they had a thin front staff. He said, we did not have many layers in that staff. It was thin. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell me that even with the thin front staff, you didn't know what was going on? You're either a really bad leader or you're being a bad liar right now. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know which is which, but he he – he got thrown out because of things he didn't know that he should have known. He's going to tell you he didn't know, but he should have known. And that to me, that's the bottom line. Just like with AJ. AJ got fired because he says, well, I tried to get a handle on it and I couldn't. Well, that makes you a questionable leader. We love AJ Hinch without a doubt. I mean, he was, he was the most successful manager in team history, essentially. And the guy's got a great personality. The players loved him, all this stuff. But you know what they didn't love? They didn't love him enough, and they didn't love and respect Lunau enough not to screw him over. And that's always been, since this thing broke, it's been my heartache with the players. Mm-hmm. I love this team. I love going for them. You like the players. You like rooting for them. But these guys screwed their manager and their GM. Mm-hmm. And he he talks about that in the interview, too, is that he says how the guys, uh, they literally have text messages and, and stuff where they say, don't tell Jeff. Make sure Jeff doesn't know. And maybe that was in part to save him so he could play the innocent card. But just, that's such dumb, naive ignorance right there. You know, as someone who was in the Army for a long time, and I, I rarely talk about it, but leadership is done hands-on. You don't do leadership from behind a desk. You, mm-hmm. you can't. It's just that's impossible. You don't send people emails to send them directives and then expect them to understand and comply. You have to make sure they know what you're talking about. And so if Jeff Lunau didn't walk in that clubhouse and say, hey, guys, I caught word of this, cut it out. Cut it out now. No matter what kind of money you're making, no matter who you are, if you don't want to find yourself in double-A hell for the rest of your career, stop it now. Even with AJ where he says he smashes a couple of TVs, maybe smash 500 TVs. I don't know. But you're in control of that clubhouse, and you have to maintain control. And so I think that's their biggest downfall. With the players, I don't know what to think. It's frustrating. Like we were looking at – if you guys have never seen – uh, signstillingscandal.com. It's this website that a guy named Tony Adams put together who apparently is a, a mad genius, um, a statistician, whatever he is. But he put together this great website that breaks down 
all of the all of the bangs, the trash can bangs. Um, I don't know if he talks about Codebreaker much. And if you don't know, like Codebreaker and the trash can thing were basically two different schemes. Codebreaker focused more on the the pitchers, like their actual tipping pitches, their tendencies, things like that. While the the trash can banging was essentially the guys deciphering, texting, using the video monitoring room as well, but trying to figure out the signals and then, you know, relay them to uh, uh, the guy on second base to relay then to. And it actually gets kind of confusing too. But Lou now points out there was a coach who would relay things. Okay, the coach that he doesn't leave named either have a hitting coach, pitching coach, or the bench coach. I'm assuming it's Alex Cora. Who's now yeah. living and Who hiding? Who's left yeah. the country literally because he was getting death threats when he was with the Red Sox after he got or had to leave there. Um, the bottom line for me with all this, though, Gabe, is that what Luna talks about is that uh, I, I think he doesn't he doesn't say it directly, but he's hinting at the Yankees and the Red Sox got off scot free, man. I mean, he, he says they got hit in 2017 for things and they got punished, but. Uh, he mentions in, in in the report, it even says that what they were doing with Codebreaker that he didn't know about, but he found out later, supposedly, is was technically legal no, at the like time to, to re- in 2017. To look at pitchers and to see if they're tipping pitches and things like that. Totally that's, okay. That's what people in baseball have been doing for hun- yeah. hundreds of years. The part where it was bad is they would relay electronically. Yes. You know, uh, uh, who was it? You Darvish, maybe. I, and I don't know if they use it in the World Series, and that's the problem. Well, and the other th- also like they can't, they couldn't use this on the road, right? They they could Definitely only do, couldn't they, use it on the road. You could only do it at home where you had your specific camera set up and, and had, your guys. Yeah. They, I doubt they were sending their video guys on the road. Whoever these guys are, though, I'd love to hire them as like they they're incredible at what they do apparently. But it's 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 just to me such a mess. But one of the things that really resonated were I do I, I give Lunal some respect, but what resonated is that he's upset that that success is tainted, and it always will be. It's just it's always going to have, I hate to say it, but a asterisk by it because it's always going to be questioned and tainted. Now, 2018, he says they did it a little bit in 18. They stopped pretty early on. And then in 19 and definitely 20, he says they did it. And he's, pr- he's still proud of this team, which is amazing. I mean, it's he has every reason to sue Major League Baseball, to sue Rob Manfred, and possibly Jim Crane. But he doesn't because I think he's just he wants to move forward and do whatever else he wants to do in life. Um, I don't know if he goes back into baseball. And they asked him that question, and he says there's other things that he's done in his life, and he might still consider doing other things. I think it'll be hard for him to get another general manager job. I could see him as being a guy uh, like VP of operations, you mm-hmm. know, being in charge of player development, drafting things like that. But being a general uh-huh. manager. I don't know. And we talked about it, too. Does a general manager need to be a good leader? I don't know. You know, they are supposed to be the nerd. Like, Daryl Morey is a nerd. Mm-hmm. Why He resigned, I don't know, still. But we haven't talked about that. Um, but could those nerds take over another franchise in another sport and still be successful? If you're really just looking at analytics and studying the numbers, the players, things like that, why couldn't Lunal, say, become the general manager of the Texans and improve that roster? Or Daryl Morey, for example, or is it just that they're so stuck in like this particular kind of style of sport that they couldn't translate it to another? I think I think baseball is the best for an analytics type of thing because mm-hmm. over 162 games, a stat is a lot more likely to play out. There's, there's a lot of trends. Yeah, especially like when you go to football, where there's only six, 16 games, so there's not much room for error when it comes to you know statistics. Uh, basketball in basketball, it's just you have the best players you win. You know, you have great players you win. If you don't, you lose. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's not a proof of that in 2020. There's not a ton. Of, there's not a ton of. Uh, there's not much else to it. But I'm a. Uh, as far as Lou now, I liked him. I was disappointed when they ha- when they fired him as general manager. Um, Do you I, think he deserved to be fired? I didn't think him or Hinch deserved to be fired. Quite honestly. Um, so should have the players been punished then? Well, the players were granted immunity from the MLB Players Association. Right, but should they have been punished? I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, not probably. Yes, they and the names, have. the names that are where where it twists your stomach up are guys that we like. Yeah, like guys that like we have jerseys and T-shirts of and yeah. stuff, and their names are all over that list, and no. you're just thinking, 
Are they cheats? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I like they were not successful only because of cheating. Because since the cheating has stopped, they are still good players. Right. They are still. They never needed to use it. Right. Which is, which is what's disappointing as a Marwin Gonzalez. Yeah, uh, but what's disappointing as a fan is like you didn't need to use it, and you did it anyway. And now it's like you'll never know. Like was I don't I don't. And think, they were young players. Yeah, I mean, where it's like, oh, why didn't they stop it? Well, Bregman was in his first full year in the league, and you have Carlos Beltran, who's a legend of the game, saying, "Hey, do this, do this." Of course, you're gonna listen. Who's also living in hiding now. Yeah. So, <laughs> and Correa, Correa was what twenty three. Like, yeah. I mean, you have guys that were young and just trying to really make a name for themselves. Right. Um, we see Altuve is lower on the list. Altuve and like basically did not use as it. as a regular. Yeah, he and Reddick were the only two that really didn't use it, and and the rest of the guys on there were fringe players. But the guys at the top of the list were all very young, trying to get into the game or stay there, and I think had a lot of pressure riding them. Beltron, uh, I, I like I, I never really want to cuss on the podcast, but f Beltron, dude, like you brought that guy in. The telling of his career, sign him. I think he got paid twenty, fifteen million. Okay, and and to try to get him a ring and to tell him in his career, and he pulls some shit like that. Well, it was to be it was to be like a leader in the clubhouse, and this that is what he, he led. did. Yeah, and, and that's he, where I think he, that's he the hard part this. with AJ and Jeff is I think the hard thing to manage I think with any players, even maybe baseball and basketball are the hardest. Is your star players, they rule you. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. now AJ cannot. He can say, well, I'm not putting Beltron at DH because he's hitting like 180 or 200 or whatever. But Beltron still has the influence. The influence over the players, the young guys looking up to him. This guy's a, a you know, especially with baseball being like an international game and you look at the Astros roster and you know going back to 2017 and even now, there's a lot of Latin American players on that team right. and a lot of them looked up to Carlos Beltron because he he's was a hero. Like he like Carlos Correa, he went to Puerto Carlos Rico. Beltran's academy in yeah. Puerto Rico. Yeah, like you know, like he, like Carl, like he had the way we have jerseys. Like he had a Beltran jersey and a Beltran poster. You know, that was his hero. You know, a guy like and even like a guy like Marwin Gonzalez. You know, a guy like Yuli Gurriel. Yeah, you know, these are guys who have grown, who like they watch came baseball. In from Cuba. They watch <laughs> baseball and it's they idolize Beltron because of how great he was for all those years and it, so it is disappointing to see this. Yeah, and then and then with Core too, and it's just it's it sucks from our standpoint as fans, and I think it's still just going to take time. And you know the players when they go to other rosters, it's immediately forgotten, and that, mm-hmm. that's because you know fans of other teams are weak, but <laughs> especially Yankees fans. Overall, I I, I just think. I feel like if Jeff Lunau really wants to prove that he knew nothing, I think he has to take it to the court of law. I think he really does. He has to be the guy to say, I'm fighting my, for my reputation here, and I was wrong. I don't think he's going to do that. And I don't think he is either. I think that he wants to live a, a little bit more of a peaceful life. He still lives in Houston. He has kids. They're going to school. I can't imagine how much raising and stuff that those kids get. I mean, they're razzed, I should say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You would think, you know. My dad's an Astros fan, and he says your dad screwed the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's gotta suck, dude. Unfortunately for them, maybe they've been distance learning all year, and they're lucky. So, uh, I don't really know what else to say about that. I think AJ's back in baseball next season. Um, there's rumors about him going to the White Sox. Good fit, you know. But Jeff, I just, I don't know, man. I think it'll be a while. We didn't talk about it before we move on to our next subject. Daryl Morey, what's up with that? I don't know what Daryl Morey's. What he resigned from. Oh the yeah, he did. That, um, was, that was surprising and shocking, especially like you know. I, I guess it's Tillman Fertitta is not buying yeah. the analytics movement anymore. Tired of Morey ball. Which which gives me some hope for the Rockets moving forward because it's like oh okay maybe next year it won't just be James Harden dribbling out the clock every possession. Well, if they hire Jeff Van Gundy, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they'll do, dude. I guess it'll just be a lot of pick and roll. Something like that. Oh. Um, I, I just don't even remember what Jeff Van Gundy did with the Rockets. Besides, uh, he came after after um, Rudy. Oh, did he? Yeah, he oh, was a coach after Rudy Tom Janovich. Tom Janovich, and um, as a matter of fact, I think he ended up being the guy that had Barkley and 
Man, I have to go back and look. It's been ages. But oh, I were Barkley and Hakeem and Pippen and Clyde. Yeah, it was like that oh. random. And I think Van Gundy had those guys, but I could be wrong. It might have been the McGrady and and, and yeah, uh, I think he had McGrady years. and Yao. The, so it was like it I really wasn't being... a good roster, but it was also it was just a strange roster, man. They had some talent that would come through, but they just it was strange. But Yao was hurt all the time. That guy's feet were like twelve feet long, and they could never stay healthy and together. So. Um, just weird. So now you have the the Houston franchises all looking for new leadership. Just bizarre, man. And James Click and and Jeff Lunau gave James Click uh, a great endorsement, just saying like he thinks he'll do well, great Click things. Well, Click comes from Tampa Bay, so I'm yeah. I'm optimistic with James Click Definitely. because of just knowing how seeing how well Tampa Bay is running, how well they've scouted and put Dusty's a team together. Dusty's obviously not your long term answer as manager just because of his age, right? And I think that. Uh, I, I would imagine James Click being where he's coming from. He'll look for a manager like Kevin Cash. Yeah. Named we'll AJ Hinch. <laughs> hey, I, I'm with it. All okay. for AJ to come back. So before we move on, uh, I want to see what who do you want to see the Astros add this offseason? Like, or like, not maybe not a name, but like, I really want to see them add a guy named George Springer to a long term deal. <laughs> That's number one. And okay. Carlos Correa. That would be nice. Uh, but I was just like, in free agency, what do you want to see them target? Pitching. I think I think you got to load up on some arms. The the problem is, I don't know who's really available. I mean, Trevor Bauer's been trying to get anybody to call him apparently, um, which is really weird. He's really whoring himself out. Uh, I'd have to look at who's who's going to be the big free agent arms, but I hope they don't overspend because they're really strapped with Grinky and JV, who won't be pitching at all. Yeah, um, you're obviously going to be paying Correa. Bregman's already paid. Altuve's already paid. Um, do you want to bring Brantley back? Yes, but at what? You know, uh, his his contract was like a two year rejuvenate your career year. So <laughs> little. That's just a little uh, free ad for you guys not to listen to. Yeah. Is it coming from your phone or your iPad? My iPad. Oh, it's out of control. Why is it? <laughs> it's one of those things, dude. It's the worst. It's been doing it's that just... to me lately too, man. Where like something just won't turn off, and you're like, oh god, at least you didn't have it on something inappropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I think offense. I'm not really worried about their offense, but that can change pretty quick if you lose Springer and yeah. Brantley. I mean, Kyle Tucker, he's gonna he's gonna be solid, but you're hoping he continues to grow. You know who's a free agent this year? Ken Giles. No, <laughs> no, stay in Toronto. Um, but here's Foreign a name. Country. I'll, <laughs> here's a name I'll throw at you, legitimately. Liam Hendricks from the A's. He's a free agent. Oh yeah, well he and he is uh, he's a good story man. Like he rejuvenated his career. I would much rather see them target like like relief pitchers in free yeah, agency because yeah. I think we have, and especially if we can get Force Whitley healthy and going, like he could eventually go into the rotation. I think we have plenty of starting pitchers with Fromber and Christian Javier and Zach Granke and McCullers, um, potentially Force Whitley uh, or Keedy. I think we got guys who can start games. We yeah, need, I think you're we need starting. Guys in the, we need guys in the bullpen. The rotation looks solid. You know, you get guys in the bullpen. There's, you know, a guy like Brad Hand, someone, or yeah. I, you know, Liam Hendricks, uh, Zach Britton potentially, Dylan Batances, Blake Trinan, Joaquin Soria, Kirby Yates, Mark Melanson. I mean, these are some really some good, good names, yeah. really high level some relief of those pitchers. Names are guys that were supposed to be in Astros uniform. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like uh, even Melanson, even like Keone Kella. Uh, you know, there are a yeah. lot of guys. Trevor May, Sean. There's a lot of. Trevor Rosenthal. There's a lot. Well, that's of good to know. Like a lot of relief pitchers out there on the market, uh, which th- will drive which will drive those salaries down. And I think yeah, and I think also with COVID this year, there aren't going to be a ton of like other than George Springer and probably Marcelo Zuna. Like who's getting a big contract this offseason? Yeah. Like really, is any like you know there aren't going to be a Hopkins. ton of guys getting big long term deals. So maybe you get a guy like Liam Hendricks who would be super ideal. To come in on a uh, you know a one or two year deal because well, I think Osuna was uh, I think we were talking about this I think he's arb- arbitration eligible maybe I was talking about with my cousin but I think yeah. he's I think that's his deal I think I guess he still has another year but it's arb yeah and those are always weird to me yeah I mean so he'll um, like he'll be back in the Astros uniform next year um, but what if he like think about like Dylan Batances for the New York Mets like he's a guy who's had control problems but man you get him with Brent Strom the way yeah, he can spin him. he can spin the ball. Like man, that's a that's a reclamation project. I'd be interested in. In the Yankees uniform, he was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a couple years where he was amazing. Or even like Blake Trinan, who's with the Dodgers right now. Yeah. Like man, you there are some guys. Anytime you, we can pull Dodgers talent and and reshape it and 
repackage it and be better, I'm all for no, that. No, but I, there's just a lot of I think all I, for it. I am I I think you go and get a couple of you go and get a couple of relief pitchers. Speaking of baseball, though, uh, this World Series we lost the Braves, unfortunately, God rest their soul. But the I'm damn not, Dodgers I'm are not, back I'm in. I'm just not interested. I'll probably not watch a single game. I'm gonna be on vacation anyway, but. Yeah. <laughs> I might get notifications. Yeah, but game like, one's the tonight. Dodgers and the Rays. Um, yeah. Who you got? It's, take, it's, it's I'll, I'll ultimate take, money take, versus poverty. I'm going to take the Rays. I'm going to take poverty. I'm definitely going for the Rays, man. I don't know if they can beat the Dodgers, but... Uh, I think they can. I, it depends. If they're on their game. If, they need, if their bullpen is going to be like at full strength, if those two days were what they needed, and they're going to get some days off during the World Series, only yeah. seven games, seven days, which was ridiculous... Um, that was so stupid. I think the Rays, with their bullpen, they can piece together. Because, I mean, you just got so many good pitchers. Um, and I think with the Dodgers lineup, there's no hitter. aren't gonna, The hitters aren't going to see these relief pitchers twice. Yeah. And I think now that you're not doing seven games, seven days, you're really going to be able to mix and match that bullpen. Ooh, and the Rays have a lot of pieces. Um, I'm going to take – I'm going to say the Rays in six. Go Tampa Bay in six games. That's my prediction. I think the Dodgers also, outside of Clayton Kershaw, they're pitching and Bueller, their pitching's inconsistent. Their pitching's jacked, man. Their, their pitching their is very inconsistent. Mess. Like, I mean, you can't really trust Kenley Jansen. Blake Trinan, he's talented, but he hasn't been great in a Dodger uniform. Um, Dustin May is, you know, kind of hit. He's a rookie. You know, I mean, they have really, a lot. Of, they have a lot, lot of young pressure. guys. I trust Tampa pitching more. The Rays impressed me because the uh, after the Astros made their impeccable, amazing comeback. Um, they they stopped it in Game Seven. You know they stopped the bleeding. Yeah, and I think part of that was like the end of Game Six when they scored a couple. That was good for them. That that kind of swung momentum. It gave them back the belief. Like, hey man, we can still hit the ball, and you know we can get to this Astros pin. Uh, Lance didn't look great in Game Seven. Lance did not. The pin was fine. We just it went back to every ball our hitters hit found a glove. It went yeah. right back to that, and that was just amazing, and that was just a swing. In the I game. also think to win that series, either Yuli or um, Yuli or Bregman, one of them would have had to have a yeah. breakout, and both of them had opportunities to get big hits and didn't Dude. get it. If one of them breaks out, Rex, then the, we're talking about the Astros in the World Series tonight, but they didn't, so here we are. Here we are. So, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to 2021, though. I'm excited to see this young team. Now, do we want to do this last thing, or do you want to say we're on an hour man. already? Man. Uh, no, man, let's knock it out. Let's knock it out okay. real quick. Okay. Because, uh, what, would you want to let down John Cryer? What's that? John Cryer, would you want to let him down? I'm, I'm, I think Chuck Lore carried that show. The, the uh, He's my guy. He did he did Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. So, little poll for you guys, non-sports thing. Um, Two and a Half Men, what do you think about it? Because for me, it's in my top three sitcoms of all time. Jason is not as high on the show as I am. I just thought it was the same thing almost every time. Like I like us Charlie Sheen get away with wearing like the same shirt essentially and being a total douchebag, yet he's like getting laid with some new chick every episode. And then John Cryer's over here living with his brother, you know, and just sucking wind. I just I, I never but his ex wife was like super hot. <laughs> but somehow they had that goofball of a kid, you know. It was very strange. Like I I, I love honestly show. think I never laughed at that show once. I I watch it every day and I laugh every Man. day. I I laugh every day. I think it is who, so. I think it is so well written. Who was the old lady? What Berta. Was she, she was their the housekeeper. Housekeeper. Yeah, Berta. She just died recently. R.I.P. Poor lady. Um, I liked her. She was actually she probably would make me laugh just because her reaction to their stuff. Yeah, and the kids sometimes because he would do some some goofy things. He was very, I think his personality. I don't know. It was. It wasn't like catching lightning in a bottle, but sometimes he just he came off and he had some of that that lack. Okay, of days so of what should the poll question be for two and a half men? Is it funny? Do you like it? I'm gonna let you ch- like choose the wording for it. Is this show funny? <laughs> is, is is two and a half men funny? I th- and, and, Go and vote on our social media. Our We're goal put- is to try to do this every episode. We're just going to bring up something kind of random. Yeah, because this, know, case, this was very out of the blue. And Demi Moore. Oh, God. Okay, that just came out of nowhere. I'm just looking at some headlines. Did you see the thing about John Cryer's story about finding his wedding ring, how he lost it? No. He was on a movie shoot in Canada, and he literally drops his wedding ring, like walking in some rain, something like that at nighttime, starts uh-huh. panicking, trying to find it. This is why I like John Cryer more than Charlie Sheen. It's just that I, I think 
he's like he has a cool reputation, but um, going back to like Pretty and Pink things like that. Uh-huh. But he drops his wedding ring, can't find it. Well, he discovers there's actually guys out there who are called ring finders, and that they get paid just to find wedding rings. Yeah. So he finds this service. He's in Canada, and he has to track this dude down. This dude shows up, helps him find his wedding ring, which essentially saves his marriage because his wife was pissed. <laughs> Like she's literally said, if he didn't find his wedding ring, I would have probably divorced him, which oh, wow. is a little dramatic. But that's dramatic, like just like on two and a half men, right? There's always some of that stuff going on. So what? Else, what? Okay, so real quick, what were the things that really made you laugh about that show? So I, I, it's a, it's one of those like procedural shows where it does feel like pretty similar every episode, but there is a running storyline to it. I think the writing is great. That's why I like the show. Like for for me, any show the writing. Ha- like makes it or breaks it for me. I think the writing in that show is excellent. Um, same with Big Bang Theory, and that's another one of my favorites. Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men, and Seinfeld are probably my three favorite sitcoms. Um, I love those. So, yeah, it, the writing in that show I think is outstanding. I think Charlie Sheen in the sh- I think I mean he's not having to cl- do too much for the character because it pretty much is him, but he plays yeah, the character really mean. well. Um, John Cryer, he's outstanding in the show. He does a great. He plays the character of Alan really, really well. He did. He he plays that, that. He plays yeah. that character outstanding. What you said, Berta. Berta is kind of the glue. She holds the thing together. Um, she's like probably she's probably the most relatable character in the show. Um, not you know not super well off and just like can't believe you know she's cleaning the toilets of Charlie, who's a drunken rich man. You know, it, I I love the show. I think it's hilarious. Um, Alan's great. Jake is kind of, you know, you could have gotten any, the actor's fine. You know, you probably could have gotten anybody to play Jake. He's probably the most replaceable character. The the mom also, the mom and like how. She was good. She, she how was how terrible she is. Eccentric. Yeah. yeah. Like how terrible she, like she makes it great. I think, God, the show's amazing. I am, I, the writing, the writing is what makes it for me. But I think the characters, I think all the actors do a really, really good job. Like I think Charlie plays his character really well. John Cryer plays Alan very, very well. Um, I thought the Berta character, who R.I.P. She just passed away. She does a really, really good job. Um, Charlie's name, mother. Her name was Conchata Farrell, and apparently she also played in L.A. Law. Yeah. So it's I never watched L.A. Law. Yeah, but, no, that was one of those before you. <laughs> it used to be so popular, man. Yeah. But but um, I, but so I'm just like I just think the writing in the show, the casting. I thought it was I thought it was really really well done. I think when they brought in. What's his name? Ashton Kutcher thought it took you know it took a dive. Well, because they um, brought him after Charlie Sheen uh, had his meltdown, right? Yeah, yeah. And they brought in Ashton Kutcher just to replace him. Yeah, essentially. I, the, the first episode w- the, for the first season with Ashton Kutcher was fine, and then af- it just went totally downhill. But he wasn't that. playing the same character, right? No, he was his own character. He was like like they they just basically said Charlie died. That's okay. what they did. And so then Ashton was what like uh, their other brother or cousin? No, or he or no, he's just like a random a random rich guy. John Cryer needed a, another roommate yeah. to float the rent. On, honestly, exactly. Yes. The first season with it was See, fine. So I can write. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So vote on our social yeah. medias what, if you think Two and a Half Men is funny or not. We'll put this up on Wednesday when we drop the show. I think we're done here. Men. Men. Men, men, men. Men, men. Leave. You don't miss that? You Don't, don't you no, love it that? it stuck in your head. And you're just I, like, it does. Ugh. All right. But I think we're done here. Yeah, um, um, I guess go raise, and uh, by the time we we won't drop another one until I guess later in the week next week. Yeah, we'll s- we'll see. The, you're you're from your exotic vacation, the British Isles, the British the Virgin Islands. Sure. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Follow us on social media at Ride On underscore Sports on Instagram and Ride On Sports on Facebook. We'll see you later. Bye.